Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. My name is John Clark of PrivatePracticeWorkshop.com. I'm excited to introduce uh, my guest, Nick Fuller from iTherapy.com. Very short and sweet URL. Easy to remember. I like it. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to get to uh, Nick here in just a second. I'll, I'll um, uh, say more about Nick, but for now, um, I want to say that uh, I'm excited to be kind of kickstarting our content again. It's been a hot minute, as they say. I have no idea why they call it that. Um, <laughs> Is that longer than a cold those. minute? Right? It must be. Yeah. Mine's <laughs> been like a medium minute or a scorching hot minute because it's been <laughs> a couple months since we've had consistent content. But um, here we are kickstarting it anyway. And um, yeah, I'm excited to be back with you guys. And you can expect regular content um, now that we're back, uh, a, a weekly podcast episode that is also streamed live on YouTube, which is what we're doing here now. So um, if you are here, feel free to ask questions in the comments, uh, questions for for our guest, Nick. And then um, we'll answer those either along the way or toward the end. So definitely let us know um, what questions you have along the way. Um, only other thing I can think of is um, we have a new round of Business Made Human coming up. That's my weekly mastermind group, helping you build a, a purpose-driven business and a business that's really built around um, your personal strengths, your values, and your personal mission in life. So um, head to privatepracticeworkshop.com to learn more about that and to apply for our next round coming up. Um, that is um, that is my little snapshot for the day. I'm excited to bring in um, Nick Fuller. Um, Nick, we have a mutual connection in Amber Lida, who's a recurring guest on this show. Hasn't been on in a while, but a recurring guest. And um, she's, as my mom would say, a real character, um, <laughs> meaning she has a great personality and is a funny, funny, memorable person. So Nick, uh, I'll let you kind of introduce yourself in terms of who you are, what you do, and how you got here. And then we're going to get into talking about Squarespace, which will inevitably lead us into how to get people to your darn Squarespace site <laughs> and all things SEO. So yeah, go for it. Well, thank you. Thank you so much, John. Thanks for having me here. Thank you for everyone watching. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> here because you have a cancellation. <laughs> that works. Hey man, whatever it takes. You know? <laughs> I'm just glad you're here. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm Nick Fuller. I'm with uh, iTherapy. That's the letter I in therapy.com. You can check us out there. Uh, we do a few different things for therapists. Uh, we build websites. We have a, have a course kind of to teach uh, all the sort of nitty gritty of building a website through Squarespace. Have another course teach a SEO for therapists. Uh, we work, as you would expect, with a name like iTherapy. We work only with, uh, you know, therapists. Um, but we also have what I call, I'm, I'm calling it lately, the, our suite of services. And that's if you're just starting and you want to like start your private practice online, we bundle together your EHR, your video, your HIPAA compliant phone effects and email. We give you one-on-one -on -one training with that. And we offer a clinical consult peer group because I think one of the few downsides of working online is it can be isolating, but that peer group, it really helps out there. Nice. So I've been doing websites for more than 10 years and been working with therapists pretty exclusively for like, the last five or so years, I guess now it's funny. Yeah. Cause Amber is actually the one that got me into working with therapists. She was like, Hey, I heard of the, you know, these psych therapy guys are looking for someone techie. Can you help? And I was like, Oh, perfect. You know? So it that that's how my relationship with eye therapy started is I didn't found eye therapy. Eye therapy was founded by a, a, a clinician and uh, her husband. Mm. Um, it was, you know, she started more than 10 years ago doing online therapy when things were pretty yeah. new in the space. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's grown a lot since there. 
Yeah. Well, behind every private practice is like a really solid tech guy or like five really <laughs> solid tech guys or girls. <laughs> <laughs> and so we're happy to have you in the in the industry. Um, Nick, I'm curious, you know, kind of state of the union of sorts in terms of what life in private practice is like for therapists these days. You know, it's been a few months since we've done an episode. Um, there's this whole COVID thing that I don't know if you've heard about. Um, that <laughs> What's that? Seems to affect every part of our lives, especially our industry, how we operate, um, demands for clients, you know, uh, strategies, business strategies for therapists going all online or some hybrid or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, this could be a whole can of worms, but you also have the rise of, um, uh, you know, um, uh, tech companies and mental health that are, you know, giving therapists uh, ways to work online very quickly, although not always paying us well. That's yeah. a whole, whole other soapbox. But what what are you seeing in terms of the therapists you're working with in terms of what do their practices look like right now? And also, what are the main things they're needing help with? What a big question. Yeah, I'd love mm. to hear your answer too on that. But uh, yeah. Um, yeah. So with high therapy, we work a lot with therapists that are wanting to work online, right? We don't work so much with a therapist. I mean, we can, but we don't work very often with therapists that are only doing like in-person sessions. So as you might expect, I mean, at the beginning of COVID, what, like March, April, 2020, there were a lot of people coming to us and, and needing some extra help. Um, I think since then, you know, some people that some people did uh, on online just because of covid and like some of them didn't like it and i understand that i think there's like zoom fatigue is real you know uh but but a lot of people found that turns out online is pretty nice you know and that's that's kind of our sweet spot are the people that that really like doing the online work um people that enjoy working from home uh people that are in their own private practice or in a very very small group practice that's where we mm. are very helpful um and yeah, they they like being their own boss and making their schedule. Um, I think that many of many clinicians that made the transition, uh, you know, they they you know there, there were a lot of waivers for HIPAA compliance at the time. Um, mm -hmm. So some people are kind of making sure that they're doing things the right way, and of course we've been we've been diligent about that from day one. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is that insurance companies, I think this is one of the things that I'm seeing now is insurance companies were covering telehealth, but now basically like everyone's scared that they're not going to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm working with some different people that are trying to get more private pay clients, which, um, you know, it's out there. It's a, definitely, they're out there. Um, but I think like, I don't know, like, I, I guess what, what's your impression on the insurance companies and the telehealth? What have you been experiencing and seeing from other people? Yeah, I, you know, therapists, I've, I've heard rising concerns about that. And also that, um, there's, there's fear, right. Of therapists, uh, of insurance companies getting kind of squirrely about it. Um, there was when COVID first hit, it was, things were like very flexible in terms right. of how we meet the needs of people. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing. It kind of shook yeah. it up a little bit, whether it's working across state lines temporarily or otherwise, or, um, uh, yeah, where the, therapist could deliver the service virtual or, or in person. And right. yeah, I, I, my guess is my sense is that it has accelerated some changes that were inevitable yeah. the same way that like big tech companies, like the one my wife works at, um, are fully remote now, mm -hmm. probably indefinitely. And you have mm -hmm. this remote workforce where people can be anywhere. And it also creates amazing job opportunities for people in places where they normally couldn't work for 
in my case, a San Francisco tech company, you know, with, with us living here. So mm -hmm. I think it's very different. I think a lot of therapists, um, you know, Amber Lida, um, in working with mostly online therapists, um, I think was uniquely positioned, right. And, and that a lot of therapists wanting to build an online practice, not necessarily knowing how, yeah. uh, some, sometimes I think a way they try to get there faster is through getting on board with companies like Talkspace or better help or getting on insurance panels as a referral stream. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nick's giving a big thumbs down, thumbs down on yeah. the YouTube and I'm giving you the audio version of that. And I, I would second that thumbs down <laughs> times a hundred. Um, I, I guess, you know, let's get into more of the nitty gritty, right? Because yeah. I think it's interesting. There's a million ways to build a practice. And if you had to, had to build an online practice in let's say 30 days, what are the things you would do as it relates to getting found online? This is a big question. I also have therapists that say, hey, I want to start a practice. I'm licensed in North Carolina. So do I just start the website and then put in North Carolina therapist? Like, is that enough? Um, <laughs> how do I get traction with Google? I mean, there's yeah. tons of questions, right? Um, if I'm private pay, how does that affect things? So like, where would you start someone or, or with iTherapy? Where do you guys start off with on the marketing piece of the business? Great question. Great question. Um, so oftentimes, well, okay. The first thing I want to say is even if you're going to be offering services online, that doesn't mean that you need to kind of forget anything that you might've known or might've thought about marketing a practice that, that would have been brick and mortar, right? Uh, a lot of the same like techniques and the same tools and, and a, a lot of it overall is going to be just as effective, right? So that's, that's one thing to kind of keep in mind. Where I like to start with someone that's brand new is a psychology today profile, right? No one's going to fill a practice generally with psychology today, but like psychology today is a, you know, a generally a part of a lot of like successful marketing strategies. Right. And it also, it's, it's, it starts you kind of getting in the right groove of things, you know? Um, I should say that, that, that assumes that you already know that your what your niche is, right. And who your ideal client is, right. That's definitely a number one. Right. I see you like, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I see, I see you Oasis mental health. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's a great question that we can, we're probably going to answer fairly soon. So on, yeah. on YouTube, someone is asking uh, Oasis mental health. What are the popular words needed to add into your website to attract clients? I'm a telehealth therapist. Mm -hmm. And what she's probably saying is Nick, can you just do my SEO for me during this podcast interview <laughs> and do my keyword research? Yeah. <laughs> And optimize my page descriptions and uh, well. So we're gonna we're gonna give you part of that information today and teaching you how to fish. But <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, so it's a good question. Um, what I'll say. So like, SEO is one of the strategies, and it's usually not necessarily like the the very first thing. Like I said, I think I'd start with like psychology today, that sort of thing. But as you're kind of developing, then you can focus on SEO. So popular keywords. Uh, there's not like a, there's not a one size fits all solution, right? There's, there's not, I can't tell you like, oh, well just put this in your website and you're done and you're going to rank. Um, I wish I could. Uh, but what, what you do want to do is what's called keyword research, right? Um, yeah. And, and let, let's kind of mark that as step one, right? Um, exactly. For for therapists that are wanting where to start, or if you have a brand new website or a website that maybe isn't brand new but has zero traffic, 
Yeah. Right. And Google doesn't know where you exist, right. Yeah. Or what market you're trying to serve. So yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Yolanda says, by the way, I think you should start with storytelling and marketing. The key is to specialize in therapy also. Totally agree, Yolanda. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. This, if I think what you're saying in specialize in therapy is is having the niche. And I think we're, we're in agreement there. Yeah. Uh, and knowing like if you're storytelling and marketing, all of whether it's your Psychology Today profile, the text on your website, anywhere that you're talking to your ideal client. I know you guys and you're good at your job. And I know that you can describe the problems that your ideal clients are having even better than they can, right? If you're doing that, then everything else is going to be downhill, right? If you're doing that in your mm -hmm. marketing copy, whether it's your psychology today, your website, everywhere else, then your ideal client is going to, oh man, Oasis Mental Health or Yolanda, they get me. They, they understand mm -hmm. exactly like they said it better than I could. I need to work with them, you know? So- it's a great preface to everything we're about to talk about, right? Because I will also say not all traffic is, well, not all traffic is created equal, meaning you have to have relevant traffic, but also you could have a site that has a thousand people a week, a thousand visitors a week. But if your site isn't converting people to either pick up the phone or schedule a call or whatever it is, none of what we're about to talk about is going to really matter, right? So Yolanda is right in that, um, yeah, you have a clear niche and an idea of who you help and how you help them. And then you find a way to talk about that in compelling plain language. You learn just enough about copywriting to be dangerous or find someone who knows enough um, to help you create a compelling message um, that is very much um, uh, speaking to the client's story and how you can help. Obviously, there's Donald Miller and StoryBrand as a good uh, template for all of this. Um, but it's a, it, it is true. This is a very important place to start before you then worry about getting loads of traffic right. Um, right for today and talking mostly about how to get traffic that's that's kind of where we're focused and keyword right. research is um, a step that a lot of people do overlook or just yeah, think yeah. well i'm a chicago therapist i should just type in chicago therapist so tell us why that's not always the <laughs> right thing to do nick well, yeah, I think, well, I do think that like focusing on local keywords is actually a really good strategy, right? Um, but it does depend on kind of where you're at, right? If you're a Chicago therapist or a therapist in NYC, like, boy, that's, that's, there's a lot of other people there, right? I live in Wilmington, North Carolina, and in this city, there's, I think, 150,000 in the whole county, there's like a quarter million. That's like, what like a big apartment complex in new york city right <laughs> like i mean like but but in my area if i was to, to and again like to your point oasis mental health what keywords do you want if you're in that sort of area you know about a quarter million like mine i could target something like therapist in wilmington north carolina and that's probably actually going to be pretty effective for me right um that kind of again even though i might be totally online and i might be able to serve all of north carolina focusing on that kind of local keyword is going to be something that i can actually work on and actually rank for and bring in the traffic that i need go ahead that part is extremely important i have a lot of therapists asking a perfect scenario right they're saying i'm licensed in north carolina i want to have an online practice right. where do i start right do i just right. target the whole state or type in north carolina therapist right etc um and i always recommend starting small right because yeah. ultimately google is trying to understand you as a local business and even though you're not brick and mortar it's the best place to get started and once you have some domain authority for wilmington north carolina therapist or wilmington nc EMDR therapist, right? Or whatever it go. is, mm -hmm. it's going to be easier than to pull in traffic from the town over and then the town mm -hmm. over and then Durham and Raleigh and Charlotte yep. and on and on. Right. But, um, there is a bit of a snowball effect like that. Um, 
Yeah. That's that's one thing I love about yeah SEO. I call it uh, compounding benefits. You know, as yeah. you're building that authority, you're going to get more. But I, I like to, in your example, you, you didn't say, then you're going to find people that are searching statewide because at least in my keyword research, I don't know if you've kind of found some other things, but, and it changes in different states. The only mm -hmm. state where I've found like people that are searching like therapist in the whole state is like Vermont right places yeah. that are fairly small uh, at anywhere yeah. else it, it just it does at least in my experience it doesn't happen people are searching locally which i'm pretty sure vermont only has like seven therapists so they're probably all on page one <laughs> so no i'm kidding i've never been to vermont but it's beautiful and i bet i could compete with my seo there very quickly quicker than san yeah. francisco right um, yeah yeah <laughs> I, I bet san francisco alone has more therapists than all of vermont i would i would take a steep competition yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, getting getting that ball rolling, I think is huge. Um, also, even looking at not assuming that people are necessarily searching online therapists. Oh, right? yeah. Three years ago, right? When I was, uh, I had started doing online therapy three or four years ago even. And um, it was new, right? It wasn't something yeah. that most people were doing. And it could have been a modality that more people are looking for. Now they might look for EMDR therapist, San Francisco. Yeah. And once they inquire, they say, oh, and I want this to be virtual, by the way. Right. right. Um, uh, so it's with our models changing, right. And with the market and the climate and just the world changing, it's not necessarily the thing to do to say, you know, North Carolina online therapists. Yeah. The point is you ha all has to be based on facts and data that comes from, uh, some thorough keyword research. Um, yep. Are there favorite tools that you guys use? And I know some might be more yep. paid high end tools versus one that you might have a teach a therapist to use on their own. Yeah. Yeah, the one that that I like using and and I teach therapists to use in my SEO course is moz.com, moz.com. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet mm -hmm. you're familiar with that one, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's great. It's it's pretty easy to use. You can um well the basically the way that I'll use it and you, you can I kind of walk through this process in the course, but um if I was to work with like let's say I started my private practice in Wilmington. I might say, hey, I wonder if people are searching for EMDR therapy in Wilmington, right? I'll go ahead and I'll just do that. Well, I might do that search and I'll see what pops up. But actually, before for that one, I might plug that into Moz first and do a, a keyword search. Or yeah, and then with that data, Moz is going to tell me uh, how many, how much traffic there is with that keyword, right? And it's going to tell me how competitive that keyword is, right? So if it's something. It's also going to tell me the uh, like the click through rate, how many people are searching that and then actually like clicking on things. Right. So the real sweet spot that you're looking for is something that has traffic and has a good click through rate, but isn't very competitive. Right. So, uh, you know, if you wanted to rank for just the word depression, boy, like good luck. You know, you're going to yeah. need an SEO team for that, you know. But if you want to rank yeah. for like EMDR therapy in Wilmington, North Carolina, that one's probably the question with that one is, is there going to be enough traffic for that to be worthwhile, you know? And intent, right? So this yeah. is where intent comes into play in a huge way. Like I was saying, um, something like what is EMDR versus yeah. oh, EMDR yeah. therapist, San Francisco or EMDR therapist near me, or even a neighborhood in San Francisco is an extremely high intent uh, right. keyword phrase, right? That also might have less traffic or less less competition but again it might, might be more powerful for your business in terms of um, people actually knowing what service they want calling you for it seeing that you're the expert right and being ready to start that service versus going hey what is emdr um, and clicking enter so intent is huge right and yeah. again like 
a hundred clicks on that is going to have very different effect on your business than a thousand clicks on what is EMDR. Right. Um, right. In fact, I've had some of our clients um, end up ranking for things that um, like having a blog post that answers what is EMDR, right? And it explodes their traffic and it's all over the country, all over the world. And they're going, why am I not getting more clients? You right. know, because in this case, it's not relevant local traffic for right. their services. It'd be great if their main purpose of the site was to teach, to, to, to write content about EMDR, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what, you know, and that's why, you know, as I'm talking about keywords, I'm thinking, you know, EMDR therapy in, in Wilmington, you know, yeah, these are going to be the high intent, but it's also going to be like qualified traffic. It's going to be, that's another mm -hmm. advantage of working locally because they're going to be <laughs> people that are in areas that you're at least licensed in, right? Yeah, 100%. So doing some of that keyword research, and obviously we're not going to, this is not going to be an exhaustive lesson, uh, lesson today um, on how to do this, but I want therapists to know in broad strokes how this stuff happens, whether you're doing yeah. it yourself, or taking yeah. the next course, or if you're hiring someone to do it for you, that you know yeah. roughly what they are doing, right? right. There's a lot of people and and even companies that will say, we will quote unquote, do your SEO. And a lot of therapists just have no idea what that means. Right. And I want therapists to be equipped with enough knowledge to know what it means. Yeah. Right. So they've done their keyword research. Maybe you've, they've got some phrases to, um, to, to use for their strategy. What do they do next? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think if, if anyone's, you know, if you're got your website bundle on some, you know, subscription service somewhere, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They say like, <laughs> we're doing a, we're doing your SEO. Cool. Ask them what keywords are you targeting, right? Yeah. If you have anyone doing your SEO, ask them. All right, great. What keywords are you targeting? Um, and you know, how did you how did you determine those are the, because those are good fit keywords for me? If they don't have reasonable answers for you with that, then I would be looking elsewhere, right? One hundred percent. Yeah. Um. I don't know how we haven't met sooner because we, you and I have all the same like uh, chips on our shoulder, <laughs> allegedly, because I've been preaching this for ever since yeah. I started this work. And um, this is why I, I, I developed that chip on my shoulder of therapists uh, wanting to protect therapists from either getting ripped off or not knowing what they're getting, um, right? And, and having someone say, I'll do your SEO or do your Google ads or whatever. Yeah. We need to know enough to be dangerous to, to know how to, to outsource that right. or trust someone with that are part of our business. So yeah, yeah, at least enough to know like the right questions to ask. Right. I like to make an analogy too that, you know, like building a website on Squarespace is actually like ridiculously easy. Doing some SEO is not as hard as you might think, you know, you need to know a few things, but it's not actually that hard to get the job done, especially again, because we're there, your therapists in private practice, right. You, and you're, you might be on your own, or maybe you have like a smallish group. I, I'm not, probably not talking to huge, huge group practices, yep. right? Uh, so you need what? Like if you're a solo practice, like a couple dozen clients or something. Right, like, exactly. You don't need SEO to compete with yeah. Amazon. You know? A couple <laughs> inquiries a week or a month, right. you know, could even be enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, have, knowing the right questions and then ultimately like, are they bringing you clients? You know, As, yep. if you're going to do SEO work, like you should be committed to it being a long-term strategy, right? Yep. Uh, Google, Google doesn't want like fly by night, <laughs> you know, people to suddenly rank for something like a uh, COVID cures overnight. That would be super bad for everyone, but also bad for Google because we'd, uh, yeah. we'd lose our trust. Right. Yep. So SEO takes some time, 
But if you've been working with someone in, in for like a few months or you're close to six months and you're not seeing any difference at all in the number of actual clients you get in, then you definitely should at least ask some questions and probably think about an alternative. Like, because that is yeah. the metric that really matters. Are you getting the clients? Yeah. If we've been through uh, a lot of these steps on the show before in other episodes and with other SEO gurus. Um, so again, beyond keyword uh, uh, research, then you're going to place those keywords in the right places on your website. Yep. You're going to index those pages with Google. You're going to yep. start good content strategy. I'm curious to pick your brain a little bit about backlinks um, and even <laughs> internal linking, because these are two things that I think get left off the table or therapists see it as either optional or it's this oh. weird like um, final step or like extra step that I think yeah. also seems hard in terms of how to do it. Like, do I need to just go get, well, let, let me just have you explain in terms of what it is and how important is it for us? Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. So going back to, you were saying like step one is the keyword research, right? Yeah. That's, that's kind of, that's, that's the way I teach it in the course. Step one is keyword research. Step two is like on-page optimization. So all that other things you were mentioning, and some of that can be really easy and you don't have to make it super hard. One of them's like, just duh, put that keyword on your page, right? Like it seems obvious, but sometimes you can make that mistake. Um, so that's on page, but link building, super quick question. Links, I, I, uh, my analogy there, I've got, I got analogies for everything, man. No, my analogy there is, uh, just like a therapist. We had a <laughs> course on analogies and metaphors. Ridiculous. That would sell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think links are like the currency of SEO, right? The more, the more links you have, the more like SEO wealth you have, right? And again, if you think about it, it makes sense. I mean, ultimately a search engine is just an algorithm, right? It's a, it's a piece of code. It's some function somewhere that Google wrote that, that is just trying to give you relevant results, right? Well, how are they going to measure what's relevant for your search term? Turns out, I mean, when we like something, whether it's a New York Times article or a funny cat meme, we're probably going to link to it, right? Uh, I definitely have linked to a number of funny cat memes, you know? So that that's a, a great metric for them to to judge like the quality of any given web page on a site. Mm. Um, so the more links you have, the better. The more like it, it translates to what you were talking about, authority. Well, it's 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 important too to think about Google and kind of the psychology of Google, right? So if Google is trying to serve good, reliable, trustworthy sources uh, resources to a consumer, right? Then it makes sense that um, number one, you have explained thoroughly and accurately what your business does, and it truly does that. Um, yeah. And you have other sources that are trustworthy as well, referring people to your business, in this case, to your website, which builds trust and it builds that that web, so to speak. Um, uh, and and in, it, yeah, increases the trust with Google in that regard. Right. Um, they're trying to create a good experience for the consumer, right? And um, the more trust you have, the more um, the more traffic you have, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. What about the internal linking piece? I mean, is this something therapists should think about? And yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so generally when I'm building a website, I'll do, of course, a homepage and about page. Most of the therapists I work with, they have like two or three kind of either, I call them services, but they're sort of like niches, you know? And then of course we have the contact page. We're always driving to that contact page. I want to make sure every page has a call to action to go like, hey, talk to me and let's schedule that consult, right? Um, so that's kind of internal link number one, really. Every page is going to have, prob I, I tend to put a couple links through the page over to that contact page. Um, go ahead. No, no, I'm I'm just okay. soaking right. it up. 
<laughs> Thinking of my action uh, steps after this interview. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure we have those calls to action, man. Calls to action. Um, so that that's number one, like internal link. But then certainly on that on that homepage, you know, when you're uh, talking about yourself a little bit, uh, that's a good opportunity to link to your about. Um, and then, mm-hmm. uh, you know, of course, the main links are going to be on your menu. Where this really comes into play, the internal links. Let's say that I was doing... Uh, I, let's say I did uh, depression. I was specialized in depression here in, in my area in Wilmington, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's winter. Maybe I'm going to talk about like seasonal uh, depression, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a blog post about that. My blog post, I want that to definitely link not only to my contact page, because every page should have your call to action, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, drill that in. But, but also I would link over to like my sort of main depression service page. Right. The more of the if you th- the the way to think about it is like a, a wheel with a hub and spokes, right? Mm-hmm. So the center hub is your main page on your website that maybe talks about depression or like your main service. But then if you're if you're liking SEO as a strategy, you're loving that people are coming to you, you like doing some blogging, some writing, you can absolutely create more spokes from that central hub that are sort of different aspects of that central hub, and then they all link back to that central hub. That will uh build more authority to that page of your central hub. And there'll be more ways and more, more keywords that you're ranking for from those different blog posts, more opportunities for people to find you and find that information. Excellent. Yeah. I like it. You're creating a web within your website and also um, creating a web within the rest of, of the web. What about um, <laughs> webs within webs? Right? I know it's, Spider-Man. Very, it's really awesome. You know? I know like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's very meta, like, like uh, Zuckerberg quickly. Um, <laughs> not that kind um, of meta the good kind of right yeah (laughs) i have to do another episode about that um (laughs) the uh, i also see a lot of therapists who will link they will say something like you know seasonal depression and then link to an article on psychology today or something like that um what what are your thoughts about that some of that is good um those are outbound links right Mm -hmm. um and basically if you're linking out to something that's uh uh, high quality and relevant and your the readers of your website aren't going to click that link and then immediately like close it so the bounce rate's low then google's going to see that and they're going to be like oh well this this per-. again google is trying to provide relevant good high quality mm-hmm. content to everyone that's doing searches right yeah so if you're sort of doing the same and you're providing relevant good high quality content to your readers google's going to see that and they're going to be like great i, I can trust this person it's going to increase your authority and all that said i mean these are these are good things right mm-hmm. but uh you know, way more important is make sure you have some keywords and put some thought behind what the keywords are going to be on your page. Mm-hmm. Make sure that those keywords are actually on the pages, you know, that's like the, and then doing a little bit of that link building, like the, these pretty core fundamentals are so much more important than the more um, nuanced little adding mm-hmm. stuff of like having some outbound links and that sort of thing, you know? And, and again, it also depends on where you are, what market you're in. Right. So again, if I'm, if I'm moving to Wilmington, North Carolina, I'm going to have to do less than I have to do in San Francisco. Um, In fact, years ago when I moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, it's a small city. It's a medium-sized city, right? But I went from San Francisco to Charlotte and within three or four months was able to rank for terms like Charlotte Counselor, Charlotte Counseling, uh, things like that. And then as the area grows, that site has definitely maintained its position. Um, So... It's uh th- yeah, this is my former group practice that I, I then sold in 2019. But it it all just depends. You have to filter all this through your market. Um, 
and, and, and where you actually are and the goals for your business and how much traffic is enough, you know, and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Well said. I was just, I was, uh, you know, being the kind of nerd I am, I'm like, what is the population of Charlotte? And like less than a million. Turns out yeah. San Francisco is also less than a million, but that's just San Francisco proper. And like, yeah, every, we're on yeah. seven by seven square miles. And then the rest of the Bay Area is massive and dense. Right. Yeah. It's right. confusing. <laughs> I've never been, listen, we're on it's a big tangent here, but I've never been to San Francisco yet. But like, the more pictures I see, the more I'm like, I need to go there. It looks beautiful. It's un, it's unlike anything else in the U.S. I mean, it looks, yeah. the views are outrageous. The sights you see, I drove across the Golden Gate Bridge this morning, taking my daughter to a museum. And then the museum was like at the foot of the Golden Gate Bridge on the, the Marin side. And um, it's just crazy. It's still not normal for me to live here. I drive across the Golden Gate Bridge <laughs> and I'm like, there are hundreds of tourists, you know, like sobbing because they've dreamt of seeing this. And I'm like, I'm just trying to get a sandwich, you know, or, <laughs> you know. By that I mean a PBJ sandwich at the museum that was fourteen dollars. The other <laughs> side of San Francisco <laughs> slash life. Um, it's an interesting place, but if you come, text me first so I can give you the you know the real San Francisco um, tips. Um, so yeah. yeah, again, just doing enough for where you are. And again, I think intent is huge. Uh, for instance, I have a client who does selective mutism therapy in Charlotte, right? And so you know, that's again, such a smaller pool of traffic, but it's so niche and so specialized and her entire practice is around that. So yeah. again, 50 visitors a month to her website mm -hmm. might have a very, might be more than enough for her solo practice. In fact, right. it is, Yeah. you know, so, um, cause the people that find it are people that are really looking right. hundred percent. High intent. High yeah. intent. Um, Yolanda says, I think marketing in North Carolina is like taking candy from a baby. Hopefully not my baby. Uh, now <laughs> Miami is a jungle. Right. She probably means that literally it's probably a swampy climate, but also a jungle in terms of <laughs> SEO jungle competing on for page right. one jungle. That's a um, Miami's yeah. an urban jungle, man. Like, yeah. but, but Miami's crazy. You land in the airport in Fort Lauderdale and you start driving West and it's not long until you're in that you're seeing gators, you know, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So totally agree with you, Yolanda, at least in sentiment, maybe not a taking candy from a baby and definitely not John's baby. That's not cool. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, like, so when, if you're in a more competitive area, uh, I would say you need to niche down even more, right? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, we talked about, yeah, maybe EMD therapy in Wilmington, but yeah, the, the EMDR. what was it you were just saying in Charlotte's that you're a selective mutism. So there's children, young people who, um, they, it's an anxiety based disorder where they become mutes right or kind of like psychologically oh. mute for not a biological reason but a psychological one and it's a it's a very specialized kind of treatment that a therapist would do with it so they say the riches are in the niches and again yeah. it just depends on where you are um that's a niche someone right there is uh there yeah there's a ton of therapists in florida absolutely um but here's the other thing too people are always like oh there's you know it's too it's too competitive there's too many therapists in florida well wherever there are a lot of therapists, that also means there's a lot of clients and consumers yeah, who need true. your help. So there is opportunity and you have to, from a marketing perspective, look for what they call green pastures, right? Which is fields, uh, patches of grass or entire fields that haven't been chewed up entirely yet or are maybe smaller and just, just opportunities in the market. Um, I have a few of those right now that we're you know, kind of targeting and carving out some, some traffic with, within San Francisco. And it's, uh, it's really working and nice. there's no way I'm going to tell you guys what those are. Cause then <laughs> you know, my competition is <laughs> going to start going after them. So, um, 
uh, so, someone else, Tola Lisa says, what about Los Angeles? So I, I, my, my, you know, uh, advice for you Tola also is like, you, you know, the more, the bigger your area is, the more you're going to niche. So what I'd like, and Tola is asking what niches would you recommend? I don't know off the top of my head, I would be using Moz to kind of do the keyword research, but I yeah. would, I'd love to hear Tola, like what niches are you targeting so far and what's your success? Same for you, Yolanda in Miami, what niches are you targeting to yeah. your point about greener pastures? That's something that I've recommended too. Again, I work with like a lot of uh, people that are online. So even if they're in Miami or San Francisco or Los Angeles, that doesn't have to be where they're focusing all their energy on getting their clients. Right. Mm -hmm. You can absolutely like build a page on your site that says, uh, you know, therapy in, you know, uh, Pasadena or whatever therapy in yeah. orange County, California therapy in Jupiter, Florida therapy in Fort Myers, Florida, and, and try to target those people that are maybe not in, in somewhat less competitive areas, but, uh, they still are areas where, you know, they have a high enough income that they can pay your rates and that sort of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They call it the low hanging fruit, right? So within the greater Los Angeles area, so, uh, Tola, Tola Lisa, or maybe your name is Lisa is, uh, saying her niche is OCD, right? So OCD in Los Angeles, tighten that up even further, say OCD in Pasadena or in Long Beach or whatever. That's basically the only parts of LA I, I know apparently. Um, you want to see where you can be competitive, right? And again, when you're doing the cured research, you're looking for volume and you're also looking at competition score. So that's going to yeah. show you what's realistic in terms of you ranking. Um, right. the, the, the other thing with, with niche, you know, you have to back way up and say, your niche should be a natural overlap between your passions, your training, the work that you actually want to do, right? Um, so you can't force your niche either, right? If you build an entire practice around OCD just because um, you felt like you should, or someone told you you should, or an SEO person told you you should, you're going to you're going to wake up with a very unhappy practice, you know, yeah. before too long. So it has to be a natural intersection of what you actually love and are good at, and over uh, intersecting with an opportunity in the market. Um, I will also tell you again, this is another little secret of mine, something I'm experimenting with is having a couple different brands for different niches, especially when you're in more of an urban area. So let's say, for instance, Lisa does OCD um, in Los Angeles and a part of Los Angeles, but another unrelated part of her practice is forensic psychology or ADHD testing in Los Angeles, right? So she could do well if she had the time and money and the commitment to grow two separate brands, right? If she was starting from scratch to grow those highly relevant kind of niche brands in the Los Angeles area. Um, this is something that could work in terms of both being competitive with, <clears throat> with traffic and, and competitors. And also from a brand perspective, someone lands in your site and sees this entire practice is dedicated to ADHD testing. And the consumer thinks, wow, this person must be really good and really um, the expert that I'm looking for. So might take a lot longer, right? But again, in urban areas, I've seen people do this successfully. And even in the Bay Area, I see people do it for like a whole brand just for social anxiety, you know, in Berkeley or whatever it is, even though they have another like main brand or personal brand. Um, Lisa, I hope that helps. Yolanda, uh, we'll wrap up here in just a minute, but Yolanda says ADHD in children and adults, evaluations and therapy. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, First of all, said, uh, I think that's a, that's quite a an expert strategy, but I think that that's definitely going to like be super effective. Well, not like expert, but like high tier strategy. You know, yeah. if you're in a competitive area, I like that idea. Um, um, yeah, ADHD in children and adults. Like, I did a very quick search just for ADHD nice. testing in Miami. Like, boy, yeah, there's a little competition. Like, umiamihealth.org. 
think that's University of Miami. Mm-hmm. So I think like with that, you know, I'd be trying to figure out how can I sort of niche the the keyword even more? What, what's going to be like a less competitive keyword that sort of has the same idea as ADHD testing in Miami, but uh, isn't going to be as competitive? I wonder if you did uh, uh, Coral Springs, ADHD testing in Coral Springs. This looks a little bit less competitive, you know? So even the, like, I mean, Coral Springs is sort of right next to Miami, almost like a, a suburb, right? But Google treats it as like a completely different keyword. Everything like even if I also if I typed ADHD testing in Coral Springs FL, Google treats that like a totally different keyword, too. So, you know, you can kind of just do some different testing with these sorts of things and try to find the right fit that's going to not yeah. be super competitive, but but still have that high intent uh, qualified traffic that you're looking for. Definitely. Um going to you know lisa's question so uh, a tool that i use often is uber suggest it's a free tool free to an extent um and if you if uh looking at ocd therapist los angeles um uh the volume monthly volume is only about 90 but the difficulty score is relatively low it's something that you could probably compete for Um, so that'd be something to look in into and also looking at related search phrases so are people typing in that are they typing in the full obsessive compulsive disorder? Um, are they typing in OCD therapy LA or OCD therapy Long Beach or yeah. whatever it is, right? So looking for those, looking at that right. search volume and just being curious about what's yeah. happening. And the key is not making assumptions, right? And just plugging in stuff in your website and then praying that, um, oh, yeah. uh, as someone called it, Uncle Google gives you clients. Um, <laughs> I love Uncle Google. Yeah. You can only be so fortunate if. Right. Google no, yeah. You know, you, you like I, I make an assumption, but I don't play it on the website. I put it on, on Moz or yeah, yeah. Uber suggests it's you can go theory. to that. It's, it's, we want to confirm or disconfirm, right? And then go off of actual data. Um, Nick, I've I've run us over time because we're having so much darn fun, which probably says a lot about us that we're both a little nerdy on this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to have you back on um for sure. It's been great talking to you. If you're just tuning into the episode, definitely go back and watch from the beginning because we we got into the thick of it pretty quickly with how to do your SEO. Talked a little bit about kind of state of the um state of the union in terms of private practice climate right now, private practice online, private practice plus COVID, things like that. Um, and now I'm going to have Nick lead us out with um, his call to action, how people can uh, reach out to him, which is exactly what Lisa's asking. And uh, Nick, thanks again for being here. Absolutely. No, my pleasure. My pleasure. And yeah, I had fun too. I'd be happy to get back in and chat another time. And and I guess we must have been somewhat okay because at least we've got you know some people chatting with us yeah. the whole way through, right? Um, yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for, for listening. Uh, very happy to be here. If you'd like to learn more about me, my company, what we do, it's the letter I, the word therapy.com. Uh, there you can kind of check out, like I was talking about our suite of services. If you're just starting, that can be a great fit for you to help you get started. Um, we have, we can build your website if you'd like. You have, I have my courses teaching you how to build your own website on Squarespace, which I'm telling you is easier than you might think. And I encourage you to give it a try if you're at all interested, because uh, because you, if you just jump into Squarespace, they, you get a free trial and you have nothing to lose. And I also have a course on SEO. Uh, Lisa and Yolanda, I think, uh, you know, if you've been listening this long, then you might want to check out the course just because it's going to be more of the same, but with a lot more, uh, you know, 
detail. And I really just kind of walk through like my whole process through like video screen share and teach you how to do it. Awesome. Nick, thanks again for being here. Um, like I mentioned to you guys, um, uh, from the PPW side, we are just now kickstarting our content again. You're going to see weekly content um, uh, coming up here soon, start at the beginning of January. And then uh, that is kickstarting our next round of Business Made Human, which is our weekly mastermind, helping you build a purpose-driven business. Um, if you're interested in that, head to privatepracticeworkshop.com. Wherever you're listening or watching, make sure to subscribe and comment. That really helps us grow channels and uh, help more therapists. So um, until next time, uh, thank you guys again for being here. Nick, thanks so much for being a great guest. And um, yeah, take care, guys. See you soon. Cheers. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>